Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Get outside and explore Chicago on a CAFC river cruise aboard Chicago's First Lady. Now open and adhering to public health safety standards. Called the number one boat tour in Chicago by TripAdvisor, CAC docents share the fascinating secrets and stories behind more than 50 famous buildings facing the Chicago River. Delight in panoramic views and hear how our hometown became world-renowned for its architecture. Book your tickets today at architecture.org. This Ben Jarofsky show, Benny J bonus interview is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away. Most time on the Ben Jarofsky show, as I speak, it's Friday, July 17th, 2020. Of course, it's a podcast. Lord knows when you're listening to this to give you a sense if it's five years from now or something. Uh, what was in the news of the day. I'm just going to read the New York Times headline. And this is the headline of the New York Times on Friday, July 17th, 2020. Uh, Russians accused of a plot to steal vaccine research. Hackers sought data from companies trying to eradicate coronavirus. <clears throat> that is not what I will be discussing at this moment, but it's just an interesting headline. And uh, maybe we'll discuss it some other time with my distinguished guests. As I do with all my distinguished guests, I ask them to introduce themselves. So distinguished guest, introduce yourself. Uh, thank you, Ben. My name is Salim Muwakil. I am uh, uh senior editor of In These Times uh, magazine. I um, talk show host for WVON in Chicago. Um, been been writing for a while in Chicago. In, in the city, I used to be a columnist for both the Sun Times and the Chicago Tribune, um, and uh, have a, a history of activism in the black community. Was once in the Black Panther Party. Also, I was an uh, editor at Muhammad Speaks um, newspaper uh, for a while. So I have a, a pretty extensive history in in in, in that realm. Um, and you know, I'm kind of an observer of what's going on. In, in 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 race politics and cultural issues around around the country and um, in politics. Mm-hmm. Yes, and there are many things, Salim, that I could call upon uh, to talk to you about. And just listen to your introduction. I think I'm going to uh, reach out to you more often to talk about them. Love to get your thoughts. Uh, just listening to your introduction and we're thinking about your columns and you're kind of left of center, politically speaking. Uh, you're with me, left of center. Let's not kid anybody. Would love to get your thoughts about the quote unquote cancel culture debate that's going on. But I'm going to hold that off for another discussion, <laughs> although it may come up. It may come. But just when when you were doing that recitation, uh, you know, you're of of your career. And I was like, 
oh, I'd love to hear what Salim has to say about all the conservatives whining and crying about cancel culture. But we'll hold off on that for the moment. Uh, okay. we, all right. So the reason I reached out to Salim was I read this article. I think it was I guess it was in The New York Times. I don't know if anybody else wrote about it. Uh, it was around the 4th of July and Donald John Trump, president of the United States, don't blame me, I didn't vote for him, issued an executive order uh, in which he said that he was establishing some kind of committee that would look into creating a national uh, statue garden that would uh, commemorate all these great figures in American history. And uh, of course, the backdrop of this was sort of Donald Trump's assault on protests that were happening in the country at the time, uh, Black Lives Matter protests in particular. And it, he was sort of asserting this theme that American history and all things American were under assault and that he, Donald Trump, was going to protect our legacy. I'm not, not making this up. Yeah, he issued an executive order saying that going to establish this national garden filled with statues of great Americans. Uh, and then there was a list of some of the great Americans that he absolutely wanted that uh, National Garden of American Heroes. And Salim, don't take this the wrong way. I was thought my immediate thought, I need to bring someone on this show who's old enough to know the significance. <laughs> I'm not saying you're an old man, but, you know, you and I are mostly the same generation. So yeah, I needed I'll a little experience. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so what's your general thoughts? I sent you a copy of the executive order. I know you got a chance to read it. What are your, mm-hmm. your general thoughts as to what Donald Trump is up to here? Well, it, it, seems, it seems pretty, pretty clear to me, Ben. He's he's trying to um, he, he's trying to usurp the energy of, uh, of protests um, t- toward these these questionable historical figures and trying to you know he, he's trying to um uh marshal the so patriotic impulses of his base um and and those who 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 uh you know who 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 uh, uh orbit around his base um to, to contest this, this movement to contest this movement toward um a reevaluation of our of our uh, Confederate past and our reverence for Confederate heroes and and the whole absence of of reflection on what that whole Confederate era really means for this country symbolically and I think he's trying to he's trying to you know subvert that movement by by um in, by creating this a kind of enthusiasm about about these 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 um these heroes these heroic figures that he wants to he wants to um puff up. So I, I and, 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 you know, he's, he's combining, um, some black, he, from what I understand, I, I saw the, the executive order that you, that you, um, provided for me. And, um, it seems like he's trying to also, you know, keep, keep some, keep some support in the black community by offering figures like Martin Luther King and Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman names he's heard that have been that have been um, celebrated by by certain black figures, and and I, I think he figures he can he can add them without without polluting uh, the the um, uh, without polluting his appeal to to his base. Uh, that is an interesting choice of word, polluting. I, I 
but you probably had air quotes around it when you said it. Uh, I want to, before we, before we take the deep dive into the list itself, uh, particularly the black uh, people on the list, which I, uh, I'm struggling with the logic that governs it. And may, perhaps you can help me. Uh, let's go back to something. I wrote down what you said, the absence of reflection. What, elaborate a little bit, Salim, on what you meant by the absence of reflection. Well, um, you know, when we when we look at these as the at these Confederate monuments in a in a sober analytical way, it seems really pretty preposterous that we're still celebrating them and holding them up as as some sort of uh, uh, um, paragon of, of of American virtue, when in fact they were traitorous actors, um, and that, that seems so clear. Uh, and, and the fact that we haven't taken the time to, to, uh, actually do some, some historical reflection on what that, what they mean for our future, what they mean for the aspirations of this country, for the, uh, ideals of, of what America is supposed to stand for. There seems to have been no no reflection on this. And then that's, you know, that's the point I'm making. Yeah. And I could go one step further before we get to the list. Uh, absence of reflection on, uh, to use a euphemistic word, the complicated lives of many of our founding fa- fathers uh, who owned slaves. Yes. And so there's an absence of reflection uh, there as well. Do you agree? Absolutely, absolutely, um, and it, it, you know it's a willful absence because to reflect on it in a serious way means that we have to we have to um, confront um, the legacy of, of of slavery in this country and um, its its effect on on the polity on on our present day situation. I think that that's why that absence is so um, determined. Be, be, because it would require, if we were to really delve into it, it would require some serious alteration, I think, in the way we would have to operate as a, as a, as a nation. Do you think it could lead to a le- realistic discussion of reparations? I think so. Yes, sir. I think so. Absolutely. Yep. I so mean, I, it seems, yeah, the legacy of slavery is, is, is has has um has accrued disadvantages that are so multifarious and and, and extensive that um just to think about uh you know in any kind of attempt to do for a piecemeal solution um you know you 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 realize just how inadequate that would be well my guess is uh, knowing how politics in this country works, the powers that be would take George Washington uh, off the bill uh, before if if that <laughs> if that's what it took to avoid reparations. Do you follow <laughs> what I just told you? Yes, yes, I do. I do. I understand. Yes, sir. But you know, you know, um, ben, I think that there's less opposition now than than ever before, and and I see a I see a road opening. For, for a much more fulsome discussion of the issue. Of, of reparations. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, and and I think uh, all aside, that's in part uh, what Donald Trump's up to with uh, this list of heroes, because yes. if you deny 
uh, uh, that uh, slavery existed in our country or that the impact of slavery still exists in our country, uh, that there's a debt owed to people who were enslaved. Uh, if you deny that by effectively paying homage to all the people who created slavery and own slaves, then you're that much further removed from an honest discussion of reparations. Yes, indeed. That is, that is true. And I think that is a part of the strategy. Um, I think, uh, I think that Donald Trump is re- and his backers are realizing that, that the, that the, um, the, the, the polemical power is developing around reparations and, and he wants to head it off at the path, um, by, by, um, suggesting these, these figures, these, these, uh, these figures who, as you, as you point out, were, were, um, purveyors of slavery and, and, um, uh, they, they normalized it in this country. Uh, all right. And I just should point out before we, uh, I ask uh, Salim about individual uh, statues that Donald Trump wants in this garden that, again, this is an executive order signed by Donald Trump on July 3rd, 2020 just a couple of weeks ago on the eve of his Mount Rushmore speech and the day before his White House speech with the fireworks, uh, where he really just threw down the gauntlet against uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and uh, lefties and uh, any radicals out there uh, and try to drum up support against them. Uh, this is an executive order and it's putting into motion, getting the gear started on uh setting up a committee that will raise money, find a site and a location for this national garden filled with statues. Whether it ever comes to, uh, to be reality, I do not know. I really doubt that Joe Biden will pick, it, pick this up and carry it any further. Uh, but but it's, I think it's worth discussing at this moment as a historical artifact. Do you agree with me on that, Salim? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. And, and, and as a you know, as a, a, a quite frankly, pretty transparent attempt to, to head off this this uh, the energy of this of, of this um, liberatory, this progressive movement, this this moment that we're in, this uh, extraordinary moment that we're in, uh, where where people around the world are um, are offering support for the struggle of uh, African Americans in this country against police oppression. Um, and and other other racial op- oppressions and insults, I think that it's you know it is it is a uh, it is evidence of, of of the desperation in, in many of these right wing precincts that they feel that they have to they have to take some sort of action to count to counteract this this extraordinary movement. Salim, did the energy? Uh, with which people around the world responded to what happened in uh, Minnesota with George Floyd. Uh, did that surprise you? Did that catch you off guard? Were you expecting it, a, a, such a response? It, it caught me totally off, off guard, Ben. Really did. I mean, I was, I was absolutely astounded by it. Um, still, when I, when I look at, like, Belgium, man, you know? Brussels. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know? Wow. Yeah. What, 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 what is up with that? And, and, and then Syria. <laughs> In, in Syria, they, they had a they had a, uh, a an artistic depiction of George George Floyd on this on this mosque in Syria. You know that yeah. that that 
that was extraordinary to me, man. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out what what propelled that. Well, what's your reigning theory? Well, I, I think um, uh, um, the first of all, the video by uh, of of the cop kneeling on Floyd and and him calling out for his mother and he can't breathe. I think that that was extraordinarily powerful. Um, and, 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 and it had a worldwide audience. Um, so I think that was the first thing, but then the pandemic allowed the, 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 the isolation and the, um, I, I think the lack of activity in, 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 in the world because the pandemic had slowed things down a little bit. It gave people a chance to look at this and, and to, and to, um, you know, to, to simply, uh, uh you know, uh, it's like, man, this this is this is out of sight. What was going on? I mean, this this was, this was uh, an example of non of malevolence, of nonchalant malevolence. That, that is, you you couldn't find that anywhere else. I mean, the look on 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 Chauvin's face, on on the cop's face as he was kneeling on Bush Floyd. I mean, that that was a pretty astounding murder, and yeah. I, I think that that. And then, and, and when people had a chance to really absorb it, because the activity had had been uh, the 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 pandemic had slowed people down a bit and given them an opportunity to be more intense intensive in looking at at that particular video, and then um um you know the the, the fact that it's this long standing youth movement, Black Lives. Black Lives Matter. Uh, it, it seems as if they were vindicated. You know, all, all of the energy that they expended in these previous years um, seems seem to have been vindicated by by what what they, what they saw this cop do to George Floyd. And, and I think all that came together in a in a in a unique way to produce yeah. this moment. Uh, and don't let's not forget the hands in the pocket. Uh, that's the part that always. Yeah. <laughs> Dude had his yeah. hands in his pocket when he strangled the man, that you know? Uh, yeah. So he was an un, in no way could you claim that his life was threatened. You know what I mean? They usually go, well, right. my life was threatened. I had to do it. You know, your hands were in Absolutely. your pockets. Uh, but I'll, I'll, yeah, I, sure. I, I, one other point before we move on, and I was listening to you, I thought about this. In so many ways, Salim, and you've experienced this firsthand uh, because back in the day, you know, you, you were there for Muhammad Ali's emergence as a, an mm-hmm. uh, international figure in so many ways. Think about this. What about like the black experience in America is a parable, a larger parable for fight against oppression and injustice around the world. It's become that. And mm-hmm. I think Muhammad Ali played a huge role in that when he became an international figure speaking out for his rights, not to have to go to the Vietnam war. I just feel this is a continuation of it. Um, yep, absolutely. You know, yes, yes, that, that is abs- that is absolutely true. Um, and I, I think I, I think that the the uh, black movement in, in this country has 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 propelled um, these, these kind of these kind of these kind of po- you know it, it, it was they, they were linked with the post colonial struggle, with the anti colonial struggle uh, throughout. Throughout the 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 you know the 
30s and 40s and 50s, um, various African-American figures were prominent in, in some of these anti-colonial struggles. And so there was always this connection between, um, uh, you know, the, the anti-racist and anti-colonial issues and the black community seemed to find its focus on the black com- in, in the black community. Kwame Nkrumah, for example, the, really one of the fathers of Pan-Africanism, really was educated in, in this country. And, and at Lincoln University, he, that's where he really got many of his ideas for Pan-Africanism. And, and the Pan-African struggle with, with Barbie and, and Du Bois and whatnot was also um, focused in this country. So there's always been this connection, uh, this kind of uh, temperamental connection with with, uh, with black black American struggle and, and the anti-colonial, anti-racist worldwide. So yeah, and, and this just this just um, solidified it and, and made it um, much more, you know, made it much more obvious. All right, now let's get to this list. Uh, the names that you just mentioned are most definitely not on the list. Muhammad Ali is not on the list. I mentioned him. Marcus Garvey, he's definitely not on this list of people who are going to be honored in the garden. Uh, but I noted to you before, I noticed uh, Malcolm X is not on this list as well. Uh, instead, um, let's 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 deal with the, uh, the the black people that Donald Trump says should be in the garden. It's, uh, and it's a curious collection for uh, a people for Donald Trump to uh, put together and get your thoughts on them. I'll name the, f- the four and then we'll take them one by one. Frederick Douglass, Martin Luther King, Jackie Robinson, Harriet Tubman, five, excuse me, Booker T. Washington is F one, two, three, four, five, five. All right. So let's start with Frederick Douglass. We'll go with alphabetical order. And uh, Frederick Douglass, why don't you give folks a little uh, uh, history lesson about Frederick Douglass? Well, Frederick, Frederick Douglass was really one of the, one of the uh, most prominent abolitionists um, of, of uh, the, you know, of early America of, um, and he 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 was um, uh, a former a former slave. He was formerly enslaved. He, he gained his freedom and became a very eloquent abolitionist spokesman. He, he linked with people like William Lloyd Garrison and other white abolitionists, and and became pretty much a star uh, in the abolition abolitionist movement because he was a, a personal re- refutation of the notion that that. Slaves were inadequate and unintelligent. He was extremely eloquent and intelligent, and a very impressive figure. He was also a Republican, uh, and he also urged um, uh, African Americans to get involved in 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 the uh, in the military. So um, you know he he he. He was anti, you know, during during the period of Frederick Douglass, there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, agitation for um, uh, for uh, repatriation back back to Africa, and and that you know we we couldn't really make it in this country. We had to separate and, and become more nationalistic in our perspective, 
And Frederick Douglass, Martin Delaney was his primary um, antagonist who, who urged that kind of nationalist perspective. Frederick Douglass was quite the contrary. He urged kind of an integrationist perspective. And, and really was that him, his, his debate with Martin Delaney, his differences with Martin Delaney, was kind of the precursor for a lot of uh, ideological divisions in the black community, like between Du Bois and Garvey, between Martin Luther King and Malcolm. This, this, these two strains in, in the black community between separation and integration. But Frederick Douglass was really the first eloquent advocate of integration. So that's Frederick Douglass. And I think that Donald Trump wanted him in because he, you know, he he presented us, you know, he wanted African-Americans to be Americans. He, he wanted us to fully integrate into this country and make it our own. Well, I listen. I I don't. I think you may be giving Donald Trump a little, a lot of credit there. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm stealing your joke. I think he thinks that Frederick Douglass is some guy he knew back in New York, uh, Fred Douglass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, you know, there's, there's ample evidence of that because he he made some statements that that kind of indicated that earlier in the year. Or was it last year when he said Frederick Douglass? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it's just his historical ignorance. But I think that the <laughs> image yeah. of Frederick Douglass that he's received from his advisors is is one that talks about Frederick being a, a pro-American figure. All right. Well, it's a cleaned up image. And uh, I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. One of the things that really struck me about how much has changed uh, post George Floyd is that when the 4th of July came around, I saw all these references to Frederick Douglass' Fourth of July speech. Oh, I, yes, yes. I do not believe that anybody in the Trump White House was aware of the Fourth of July speech. Otherwise, there's no way if they ever read that speech, they would put him on this list. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know? Yes. I, I, I agree. I mean, again, it, it's 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 uh, it's Donald's. Uh, Oscurantist um, uh, vision of America that 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 he's trying to that he's trying to uh, push out here, and 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 I think his base is is uh, is ready to just you know um, absorb that, and and uh, the, the truth and the facts be damned, the data be damned. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the and the next uh, name on the list, going down alphabetically, and it sort of plays to the same theme that you were raising, that they were looking for black people who were advocating inter- integration. And that would, of course, be Martin Luther King. What's your thoughts on Martin Luther yeah. King being on this list? Again, if, they, if, 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 if Donald Trump's people were to really in, fully investigate um, do, uh, do, uh, Dr. King's legacy and whatnot, they would hardly put him on. Just like Reagan would not only think Reagan would have given him a holiday had he understood what, what King really represented. But uh, again, the, 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 the popular mythology of Dr. King is, is that of this integrationist who brought the content of our character. He was anti-identity uh, politics, which is a boogeyman these days in, in, on the right. And so they, they want to use, I, I think, Dr. King integrationist passion to, to um, de- delegitimize what they consider the move toward identity politics in the black America, black lives matter, blah, blah, blah. He would say, you know, they, they would probably say King would, wouldn't say black lives matter. He would say all lives, you know, that kind of thing. So <laughs> yeah. I think that's why he wanted to use uh, Dr. King. 
Well, th- this is m- one of my pet peeves, which I will share with you. Uh, I, I've read a lot of Dr. King's uh, speeches and he was as radical with, with his politics as Bernie Sanders is. Yeah, and he was doing it. He was doing it in the sixties before Bernie Sanders was his kid. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Martin Luther King was for national health care. Martin Luther King was for a national, uh, raising the, the minimum wage. Martin Luther King was for union rights. He was against the war in Vietnam, militarization. I mean, he was Bernie Sanders on just straight up lefty politics, Salim, before Bernie Sanders. Universal basic income. He yes. even delved in that. Um, yes, he was, he was, he was a socialist program way before Bernie made socialism a, a household word in, in, in mainstream politics. Um, so yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, King was a radical figure and he became more radicalized as, as time went on, but the myth America has a way of softening those edges and, um, and reinterpreting the message. And, and I think that that's, that's the message that many people are receiving on what King stood for. Yeah. So I say this before we move on to the next night. If you're going to put Martin Luther King up there, a statue, put Bernie Sanders up too, because that's his <laughs> descendant. Okay. <laughs> if you're going to honor Martin Luther King, put Bernie up there. Uh, yeah, not likely. Uh, all right. Uh, and then the next name on the list, uh, the uh, alphabetically of uh, African Americans on this list, Jackie Robinson. Mm. Uh, help help some of our younger uh, listeners out uh, about Jackie Robinson, Salim. First, the first um, Negro to 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 gain access to to Major League Baseball in any kind of serious way, he he became um, a Brooklyn Dodger. He made he made the Brooklyn Dodgers the the team Black America, uh, mm. and um, he. He, he was just a, an extraordinary baseball player who who had to be, uh, I guess you could say like Barack Obama, he had to be an extraordinarily um, congenial figure in order to go down easy in black in white America as the first as the first uh, uh, black baseball player. Um, it was a it was a, a very delicate uh, civic. Um, you know the duty he had to perform, and in order to, to get uh, white America to accept this black athlete in 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 this major uh, stage, and and he did it. He did it. He did it well. He he he, uh, he was he was perfectly cast for the job. He, he was his temperament was that which allowed him to go down easy in black America and white America. Well, I'm, I'm going to add this to the, uh, he, how do I put this repressed a lot of his, uh, feelings about, you know what I'm, he had to practice self-restraint, uh, because Absolutely. I do know. Yeah. Cause I, Jackie Robinson was a fighter. Jackie Robinson was court martialed cause he refused to go to the back of a bus, uh, when he was in the military and for Jackie Robinson, to play the role that you just described, Salim must have really taken a toll on him physically and mentally. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm sure it did. As, as you know, that that was the, that was the situation for much of Black America, though. You know, 
You know, Ben. I mean, uh, black people just had to had to uh, repress m- much of their natural inclination be- because of uh, of the uh, of the racist barriers that they face, um, and the accrued disadvantages that 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 hit us at every at every level. You know, um, the injuries of equal of inequality were um, were onerous. And we simply had to absorb them. And Jackie Robinson did that well. And I think a lot of black people understood that. And that that also added to his allure in black America because they knew what he was going through. Um, and and he, he was kind of taking he was kind of taking the blows for them. Yeah, he died a young man. And by the way, one one other point that just I thought of when I was listening to you, Jackie Robinson was always a Republican. And. Yes. I think all the black people on this list were Republicans when they started off. Uh, Martin Luther King, I don't, by this, by the end of his life, I doubt he was a Republican anymore, but, yeah, right, right. Uh, but I'm just, thinking, that's another thing. I don't, I don't know if Trump, his people thought it that out that far, but they, Jackie prob- they probably did. They probably did because they often, they often make that, they, they often cite that, you know, uh, as as a part of their uh, uh, party chauvinism, um, and um, of course, without context, uh, that you know the Republican Party was a completely different entity at that time, and what uh, blah blah blah. So yeah, uh, but, but but they do. I think that that their that their political that their partisan label is an important element, and why they were included. Uh, the next name on the list is one uh, that had me shaking my head. Uh, not that she doesn't deserve recognition, uh, but this is Harriet Tubman. He's, he wants to put a statue of her up in this garden, but he's resisting all efforts to put her on the $20 bill. And so if you want to honor her right now, just put her on the $20 bill and call it a day. Uh, talk a little bit about Harriet Tubman. That, that's a good campaign, Ben. I think I think we should take that idea. People should take that idea and run with it, man. He, he's, he's offered the, you know, he's offered the opening. <laughs> so let's go. We should take that idea and run with it, bro. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 again, you know, it's part of the mythology of America that she was she was seen as this pioneering, um, iron willed matriarch who who. Uh, it, because of her, because of her um, uh, determination, de- deserves plaudits. She deserves plaudits. Um, and and slavery was such an onerous thing, such a terrible thing that we can forgive her, uh, Americans, we white Americans, we can forgive her for her for her fierceness because she was she was trying to leave black people at this onerous. Uh, institution. So I, I think that's why, um, you know, and she's so far away that um, her, her symbolic, her symbolic power is, 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 um, is not accessible uh, to, to black people at this point. I think um, they, I think that's part of their reasoning. Well, uh, I, there was uh, there's just a movie made about her a couple of years ago. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, obviously Trump did not watch that movie. Uh, all right. And f- finally, this one is um, we'd really love your thoughts on uh, this final name I'm about to give uh, Booker T. Washington. Booker T. <laughs> Booker T. Man, he was, he was such a such a polarizing figure. He really was, man, because he. um. 
he represents such a such a uh, an important juncture in in African American activism because of the the point that he was talking about cast down your buckets where where you, where you are you know that don't 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 disrupt don't disrupt America instead gain gain your own independence by uh by um uh, by uh, um by you, you, your industry, your own individual industry, uh, better yourself, uh, and stop agitating for rights because you don't, you, you haven't really earned them yet. Uh, and that's kind of where, where Booker T was coming from. But at the same time, um, he, he Booker T was was talking about, um, uh, you know, this is this is America, America claim America. This this is ours. We 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 spent blood and and treasure here, and so to act as if this is, you know, we 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 have no claim on this country is ridiculous. We claim this country and embody it, uh, and um, and, uh, and 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 exhibit the the conservative values that made uh, that that enabled America to to, to prosper. When other when other nations didn't prosper, so I think right. Booker T is perfect a perfect uh, model uh, for, for for the for the Trump um, Garden. He he would be a perfect uh, entry, I think, uh, because he he in, in a lot of ways he illustrates a lot of what the Trumpians want. You know, uh, uh, just just don't don't uh, agitate. Um, uh, accede <laughs> to the to the values of of the American empire, and um, s- simply be, become become accomplished at at um at portraying these these, these values. Uh, to quote a song that was popular when I was a young man, "Don't rock the boat." Uh, now I would boat. all. Don't Wreck the Boat, a song that was very popular in the 70s. And now, I would also add uh, about Booker T, when I think of the other black Americans on this list, Frederick Douglass, Martin Luther King, Jackie Robinson, Harriet Tubman, he would be the only one who could possibly find his way uh, to the Trump White House. (laughs) Well, maybe Jackie. Maybe Uh, Jackie. But yeah, yeah, I think he would be welcome. He would be, he would, and he would be, I think he would, he, he would relish the opportunity. Yeah, he would, he would be the, what would they put him in charge of? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, would, he would take over uh, my man's, uh, what, what, God, I see how soon they forget. Um, uh, the, the, the HUD secretary. Um, oh, Ben Carson. Ben Carson, right. He would take Ben Carson's spot. Um, all right, now let me ask you this. I'm going to challenge you with this. If you could have the Saleem National Garden of great American figures, would you put Booker T. Washington in it? I, I think so, yeah. I, I think Booker T. is, is that much of a, a towering figure in black American thought that he deserves entry. Uh, he represents a very important um, uh, dilemma that that black people face, and and that is, you know, wh- whether we whether we should assimilate 
or, or, or whether we should be, um, whether we should fight for, for our rights, for our civic rights, or, or whether we should simply, um, not, not rock the boat, develop our own individual systems and then operate in America from those systems with our own, with our own centers of power so that we are not dependent on white philanthropy. I think that's one of the things that Booker T was talking about. So in a lot of ways, you know, he, he's a precursor for, for, for nationalists, for many nationalist um, organizations that Booker T, Mark, uh, Marcus Garvey came here because of Booker T. It was Booker T's influence that drew Marcus Garvey here uh, and, and gave him the idea of this nationalist crusade, this black nationalist crusade, independence, uh, or, or, you know, autonomy, um, self, self, uh, you know, this, 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 this notion that we, we, we shouldn't be dependent on white America for our sustenance. Uh, all right, now let's uh, close down with some of the uh, more up-to-date modern uh, members of this garden, uh, neither of whom is black, and get your thoughts. They want to, uh, Donald Trump wants to put a statue up for the following people, Audie Murphy, Ronald Reagan, and Anatin Scalia. <laughs> Break it down for us, Salim. Audie Murphy. Um Lloyd Murphy was a war hero, became a movie star, a short guy, um, very, you know, I guess you could say, I, I would say telegenic, but, but a cinemagenic, because this was used before television. Um, and uh, he represented the, the heroic American. Uh, and he played a lot of heroic roles in, in the movies he played. Uh, and... Um, and and so he, he he's an American hero, cinema hero, kind of the first of the uh, of the uh, uh, celebrity politician mold. I think it, it, that's why he 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 would be a, a prominent entry. Woody Murphy. Uh, now who who, who, who Ron, Ronald Reagan and Anatin Scalia. Yeah. Ronald Reagan. I mean that. that I, I need say no more, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, that, that's it, you know. Um, hey. Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Mississippi. He opened his campaign. Yes. Um, you know the 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 the, the kind of uh, dog whistle politics that he practiced. I think is being uh, replicated in in Donald's Donald Trump's um, manner. His political man, uh, Antonin Scalia. Um, again, he, he was a, he was a, um, ideological, uh, icon for a lot of right wing judicial, uh, advocates, you know, he, 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 his, his, his judicial philosophy was, he had a, a he had a, a, um, a conservative judicial philosophy that justified a lot of the right-wing views um, that uh, that conservatives held. And they they, they really, uh, many, many of those views were, were, uh, were simply uh, ideological. They didn't have much of a judicial founding. And, and Scalia gave them that with his, rig- he had a kind of a rigorous ideological perspective on, 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 uh, on, um, 
on judicial matters. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he gave sort of like an intellectual uh, or a, a legal justification for the nonsense that they were trying to shove down our throat. That's how exactly. I would put it. Uh, all exactly. right. Now, I will close it with this. Uh, and I, I didn't ask you this question in the preparation. So we'll see uh, how quick you are on your, your feet. Who would you ap- absolutely insist would be uh, in uh, your statue garden if, if we could have a Salim statue garden? Who would be Americans that you say, oh, this person has got to be uh, in that garden? <clears throat> Malcolm? Yeah, I think Malcolm is, is an essential ingredient. Uh, he was such a pivotal figure, man. Um, I, I would I would say, yeah, yeah, Malcolm. Uh, also, Robeson, Paul Robeson. I think Robeson was an extremely influential pair. And W.E.B. Du Bois. Well, I'm, I'm with you on all three of those. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, Two of them were hounded, uh, persecuted, and I, I just, I'll close with what I began. I, the phony, this is me talking, Salim, so I'm not, uh, this is my thoughts, and you may agree or disagree, but this phony victimization that uh, right-wingers are proclaiming right now, and when they look like statues being torn down or uh, people being criticized for racist views, not one right-winger in this country has ever faced the kind of prosecution that Paul Robeson faced, that W.E.B. Du Bois faced, that Martin Luther King faced, for that matter, with the Mm -hmm. FBI spying on him, trying to drive him to suicide. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so that is a legacy that's absolutely missing uh, from Donald Trump's garden. But I think it really should be in any uh, garden that's paying homage to uh, great American citizens. I totally agree with you, Ben. So we'll have the I, Ben I and Celine garden. A <laughs> <laughs> right. bunch of lefties in this garden. Ooh, man, uh, that would really be a beautiful garden, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, you, you know, it would be a beautiful. I did this as an exercise the, uh, uh, the other day. Uh, it, it was a spur of the moment thing. Somebody asked me, like, if you could, because we're talking about Trump going to give a speech at Mount Rushmore. So if you could have your Mount Rushmore of Chicagoans who would be on it. I just this off the top of my head. And I had um, Harold Washington, Leon Dupre, Ralph Calf, and Karen Lewis. Karen Lewis is my own personal bias because I love her dearly, former head of the Chicago Teachers Union. Uh, uh-huh. So that was my four. How's she, she doing, by the way? I haven't talked. I do not know the answer to that. I haven't haven't talked to Karen in a long time, and um, I've sent her some texts, and uh, she's not responded. So I I really don't know how she's doing. I'm I'm okay. hoping the best, but I do not know. Um, we used to talk okay. to her all the time on the phone, but I haven't talked to her in a while. So who would your four be? We'll close with that. Four Chicagoans. Oh man, that's what you put me on the spot, Ben. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, um, we'll- I. I, I, I I think the parade. I think the parade deserves uh, a iconic status. Harold Harold Washington, no doubt. Um, uh, uh, man, Woo. Um, I, I, I would, would want to say Fred Hampton. Um, yeah, and uh, man, 
Um, you put, <laughs> I, I, it's hard. It's hard. I would. I would need more time to, to ponder. All right, well, you have to think about that. But I, I got to have yeah. Karen Lewis. Any, any, any Mount Rushmore I have has Karen Lewis on it. And the reason I put Ralph Metcalf on, which is a, a he's a figure lost to a lot of people in history. It's just a, when uh, I, I was say Ralph, Ralph Metcalf. I was going to yeah. say him as well. Yes, sir. Yeah, because he took the stand against Daly on police brutality long before anybody else did. And, uh, he right. broke from the machine. He, he started the, the progressive movement, really. Progressive movement started after that, right? Yeah. In a lot of ways, especially right after uh, right after Hanrahan in the Panthers. Yeah. So uh, anyway, Celine, this has been a, a, a great a blast uh, doing this with you, and I'm going to bring you back more often. Uh, it's been too long. So s- stay safe and stay sound, and thank you for coming on my show. Uh, thanks. Good talking to you, Ben. Take care of yourself. All right, everybody, that's another bonus show. Take care, everybody. Hey, college students, are you looking for a way to get ahead this summer? Northwestern University is offering hundreds of undergrad courses online this summer. Choose an intensive sequence in learning. Registration is open now. Visit northwestern.edu slash summer for details. We got to thank the following unions for sponsoring this program. By the way, if you're listening to this show, We have over 500,000 downloads. And if you own a business, boy, we would love to sponsor it. That's right. Uh, Just contact Tracy Bame at the Chicago Reader. And uh, I don't know, find the number for the Sun-Times and call someone there and uh, say, hey, I want to sponsor the Ben Jarofsky show. I'm not sure who you asked for, but uh, yeah, that'd be fantastic if you uh, became a sponsor. Well, I'll make a commercial. We'll do a Ben will do a live read. He loves live reads. But seriously, uh, I would love to add your business or union to this list. I am about to read the Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9. That's correct. The International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. That's correct. And of course, today's Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by our dear friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Let me tell you about voting by mail. It's pretty cool. Voting by mail ensures equitable access for everyone. Normally, vote by mail applications are filled out online or in person. This creates a burden for people with limited access to transportation or internet services. Disproportionately, the elderly or people of color who are among those at greatest risk from COVID-19. Because of the pandemic, a law was passed in Illinois for November requiring vote by mail applications be sent to anyone who voted in 2018, 2019, or the 2020 primary. This falls short of what is needed particularly since these elections saw low turnout. We need to expand access. Mail-in voting is the best way to ensure everyone's voice can be heard safely. We can help expand voting access in Chicagoland by asking officials to send every eligible voter a vote-by-mail application. So, visit VoteMailChicago.com. That's VoteMailChicago.com. Dot com for call scripts and a petition. One more time. Vote. V-O-T-E. Mail. M-A-I-L. Chicago. C-H-I-C-H-E-O. Dot com to make sure that every voter in Cook County has safe and equitable polling. That's correct. Heard a lot of complaints. I'm not a doctor. Heard a lot of